This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. everyone. Welcome back to The Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is our special guest, Al Wisniewski. He is the owner of Land and Legacy Group. He's a land specialist, a coach, a speaker. He is here today to dive into the world of land ownership, of rural property ownership, what that looks like, how realtors can get involved, how consumers can get involved. And I'm really excited to have you on the show, Al, because we've never talked about this topic before. So welcome on to the show and we're super excited to have you. Yeah, I was super excited when you said that you haven't really had this topic before. So that's like, okay, now I can uh, hopefully provide some value to other agents and maybe transform their business a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. And I know you're a fellow Midwesterner and I want to hear a little bit more about your background and, and how you got to where you are today. But I know in our Midwestern states, there is so much land and so many opportunities that exist within this land that's undeveloped, that's for sale. I mean, I just drive through the highway sometimes and just see for sale, for sale, all these acres. So you're going to tell us how to manage all this and what opportunities exist, because this is a huge opportunity that's out there and something that our, our agents should be putting on their radar. But before we get started in that, I would like to hear a little bit more about you, your career path, how you got started in this world of real estate, how you became so passionate and involved doing what you do. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the passion kind of stemmed from just always being outdoors. Um, we used to, I still do hunt a lot, you know, being outside and really just being around nature and land. And I, I'm very fortunate because I grew up and still live about a half hour north of Milwaukee. And that part is known as the Kettle Moraine. So it's nice ridges, farm fields, a really cool mix of different land types, nice wooded forest with oak and wetlands and all this cool stuff. And when I went to college, I went to college in Stevens Point, which is like north central Wisconsin. And up there, it's kind of the same, maybe a little bit more farm type land, a lot more flat. And I'm like, I always appreciated being home. And I always appreciated, I guess, knowing who owned things and like how they own things and like having flashbacks of, you know, a developed area and being like, wow, this used to be like probably a farm at one time. Um, and then we had a farm that we hunted up north as well. And then we were fortunate enough to have a cabin on uh, about 40 acres. And then we have some family land down where we live now. And as I've kind of grown, it's always just been like, land like it's I spent everywhere and it's like been sparking my mind and I mean I got into to real estate kind of by I don't want to say accident but 
when I was ready to graduate college, there was just no like jobs that I wanted at all. And this was back in, uh, would have been December of 2014. And I was getting my license. I got my sales and broker's license the summer before I graduated because I just wanted to own investment property and, you know, mainly like house rentals and stuff like that. And honestly, I just kind of fell into the sales part of it. And when I started looking at, you know, house listings and land listings, I just got way more excited about selling land. And so I would take some house listings. I've taken some commercial listings, but I've always just kind of filtered down into the land stuff. So over the last, you know, eight or nine years, um, I've really just went super broad and now I'm getting more narrow and narrower on my niche of, of land and farms. And we know we own some investment properties that are uh, houses and commercial buildings and stuff like that. But now it's really, you know, when I forecast kind of the next three to five years, it's really going to be about owning land. We're closing on a transaction on the 20th of October. And I got a couple other properties that I'm eyeing up to buy myself. So I've kind of just naturally just kind of that's just where I where my path took me. And I've just been kind of, you know, following it, not really questioning it and just diving into learning more about land. Uh, I got my accredited land consultant uh, designation. So that helped a lot. Just being that land person, because there's really not one land person that stands out in this area. And I want to be that person. Yeah. And that's why I think it was really great, you know, that that you've come on today to talk about this, because as I mentioned, you know, we haven't really focused on this and just, you know, as I mentioned before, the opportunity that exists, even the stuff that I see driving with the land, there's so much of it, especially in Ohio. And, you know, we are in this space where land is going to just continue to become more and more valuable with the new, you know, jobs that are coming here, the new, you know, government programs that have, you know, started rolling out. I mean, we are in a really unique position here with all of this undeveloped land that's going to, you know, have attention on it and rightfully so. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Why, in your opinion, are rural properties so important? And have you seen an interest in rural properties lately? Or, or um, you know, from your perspective, uh, have you seen there be an increase in popularity and uh, more people starting to, to be more interested in these large spaces of land? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you have a very similar market that I do where there's a lot of transitional land. So it's kind of on the cusp of, you know, it, it's farmland right now or, or woodland right now, but because of its proximity to amenities and, and retail and all that other good stuff that, you know, it's going to start branching out and, and transition into development land, essentially. So the demand for that is still, especially where, where we are, is still very very out there and, and people are you know selling to these companies that are developing it and stuff like that. I really think, you know, I know it's a beaten up subject, but I I feel like COVID really had an impact on the rural lifestyle. People wanted space 
And I feel like we're in this weird little influx because we have like big, even where I live, which is a population of like 40,000, we have a huge uh, apartment building being built right now of like 150 or 200 you know, apartments and townhomes. And you have the type of people that like to live in that. But then you also have these people that want space, you know, they want three, five, maybe 10 acres, they want to have some chickens, some goats and stuff like that. They want to have a barn, do some gardening, but they really just want to be away from people. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID really, really flipped that and put a lot more urgency on there. The other thing that I noticed, especially down here is, you know, and I'm sure you have the same problem, is the choices that people have when they want to buy a house is very limited. You know, you're talking about those beginning entry points are so, you know, where they were maybe 150,000 to 200,000, you know, now they're 350, 400,000. And if you can find the right piece of property and apply, you know, for a construction loan and fit it within your budget, it almost makes more sense to go buy a rural piece of land and build a brand new house that you really want. Maybe you don't get all the features because of your budget, but that's kind of been an option that I've been seeing people going for versus buying a house that's, you know, in town, that's not exactly what they're looking for. And, you know, they might just only own it for a couple of years. So now they could at least build something, have some space, have a nice piece of land and put a new house on it. Yeah, for sure. And I do think COVID did have a major impact on that and just people wanting to kind of live off the land. I know I've been seeing this trend, you know, a lot personally is this idea of being able to survive, you know, solely on your own, being able to grow your own vegetables in your own garden, have your own chickens that have your own eggs. And, you know, all of this lifestyle, I think, has really taken off maybe due to COVID. And this is now becoming more and more of the idea of the American dream, I think, that we're seeing versus, you know, moving into that suburban neighborhood where, you know, you don't have such big um, of a yard. And you said something about, you know, finding the right land. How can we find the best land? Is there kind of a specific formula or are there certain characteristics that, you know, you look for what really makes that piece of land a good piece of land? Yeah, absolutely. And it's if there's any home buyers out there that have been frustrated with like the lack of inventory and the lack of options, the bad news is that is it's just as hard, if not harder, to find a really, really nice, high quality piece of land. And that's coming from my area. I'm sure it's very common across the country. But what I have kind of specialized in over the last couple of years is trying to find those pieces of property. And so I go, you know, through the county GIS system, property tax records. I have some software. It was called MapRite, but it's called Land ID now. But you can basically go around and look at who owns what, how big the properties are, if they have you know, good road frontage, if there's any environmental issues such as like wetlands and floodplains that you would have to worry about. And so I really start there. And so if I find one, then, you know, it's just me, honestly, we're just reaching out to the to the owners to see if they'd be interested in selling. And we have a way to do it a lot faster than just going one by one. I have a, a virtual assistant that helps me out with that. But it's really you you just got to put like the the boots on the ground so to speak and you know if you're if you're sitting around waiting for stuff to happen on the MLS you're probably going to you know miss out unless you're on it and can pay cash and you're really ready to go to to buy land cuz the lending requirements are definitely different too you just got to basically you know put in the hours and and partner with somebody that you know is willing to to do that for you and i say willing because i've you know, I've met people that only wanted to spend twenty or fifty thousand dollars 
And in our area, that's just unheard of, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of just knowing the market and the expectations. And, um, you know, it's just, a, it's a tough thing to get into, but you just got to put the work in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's good to know that that, you know, it can be achievable if you work for it. And I think that's important to mention that, you know, it's not going to be the easiest thing that you're going to stumble upon on your MLS, you know, acres and acres of land. But um, you can uh, find that if you work hard for it and are going looking outside of the box for that. What? And I know you specify, is it acres? It's three and above acres. Is that kind of what you specify? Or what is kind of the, um, you know, area? How big of acreage are we talking about when it comes to these kind of properties? It really depends on on the area. So like where I live, a three acre property is is probably considered big to most people. Our average sale acre is probably anywhere from like eight to 10 um, in a piece of property. We don't have like the huge, uh, I should say like 100 acre, like altogether sales until you get farther out into like the Northern and the Western and maybe even the Southern part of the state. So like our immediate area, it's probably like eight to 10, but we've done everything from, you know, a small lot that was, you know, in a subdivision and we just did a 308 acres. Um, we just had got that under contract today, actually, right before I hopped on here. So it really depends on the area and what's kind of the norm for that. Like, uh, if someone is looking for 40 acres, I would say, look, you got to go, you know, an hour away from from this to even, you know, start running into those types of properties. A, just the supply of them and then B, the the price, you know, it, as you get towards the that transitional land that we talked about in the beginning, that's going to be your highest priced, you know, per acre properties just because of the value that's put on it from a development standpoint. Yeah. Are you seeing kind of more of the land being used for this development stuff? Or are you still seeing the average consumer coming to build, you know, that American dream lifestyle that we talked about before? What are you kind of seeing the most of? I've probably seen actually more of people buying it to to build a house. There's some properties that, you know, around our areas that they created um, TIF districts or the, the tax incentive districts um, for commercial use. I've seen some of that, not huge sites, but that's still been going on. We've actually seen a lot of reclaimed sites that were once commercial being basically uplifted or, or rehabbed into new stores and stuff like that, which is kind of nice to see because they're not, you know, expanding so far out and leaving these dumpy properties. So that that's been really cool. But yeah, a lot of people that have just wanted that slice of property and they want it now and they're willing to pay what people are asking, if not a little bit more, to really lock it up because it's a, it's becoming more rare. The supply is, you know, for especially our area. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think here too. And this is one of owning land, I think is one of the best ways to kind of build that generational wealth. And the more of it, you know, you have kind of the more you're seeing that wealth build up. So I think maybe does that is that something you're seeing too that's playing in into people's decision to to pursue this? Absolutely. Yeah. Just buying it and owning it for you know, 20, 30, 40 years. It's not something that somebody's looking to buy and sell real fast. You know, they're they're thinking with a long-term, long-term vision. And I I think what happened too, going back to COVID, is there was a lot of people that offloaded uh stuff that was in their their family trust from you know the 50s and 60s that they they first bought for like ten thousand dollars and now they're selling it for you know, six, 700,000. And I think a lot of people took note of that. And they're really, it's part of their estate plan now um, to own real estate in general. But I think really a lot of people are catching on to the land thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And I think this is another reason why this this conversation is is really timely because I do think it's such a hot uh, hot topic right now. Are there any misconceptions when it comes to Leanne? I know sometimes it can be viewed as you know unsellable or hey, I'm I'm not gonna touch this. I'm staying far away. I you know that that I don't want anything to do with that. What misconceptions exist about rural lands, and can you debunk any of that for us? Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I know there's a lot of the misconception is like people say, well, invest in land. They're not making any more of it. I mean, that's totally true. There's the song by Dirt, you know, by I think was it Jordan Davis and Luke Bryan about that. So, I mean, like that added some flame to the fire. I think it's like it's not a get rich quick thing at all. You just got to get started. And it's it's a long it's a long game unless you somehow stumble across a piece that you basically buy for pennies on the dollar and the next day, you know, a Walmart's coming in and they they want it. Yeah, all that is super important to focus on, Al, you know, as we think about how we can best use some of this land space that we have in our areas, how our realtors can be best educated on this and how to make it part of their business strategy. So I think we're going to see more more of this trend coming up, as you mentioned, and it will be interesting to watch and see what happens to all of this land and these farms uh, that you've mentioned that have existed in homes for so long. So we will keep an eye on, on that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Al. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.